I know you're smart and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. Kale, get it! The kid is a L7 Winnie. My life is over. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. Now he's in. Yeah! All right! With the coolest guys in the neighborhood. They've got the look. Wendy Peppercorn. Wow. Hey, girls. They've got the moves. <laughs> They've got the rap. Blockhead! Geek! Jerk! Idiot! Moron! You bump rapples in the toilet! And you like it! You play ball like a girl! Something else has got their ball. That wasn't my ball! Dad's father gave it to him. Babe Ruth signed that ball. Babe Ruth! We gotta get that ball back. You got any bright ideas? Initiate retrieval section number one. Power connect. Come on, help me, it's heavy. Now. Century Fox presents... Hey, guys, it's the Sandlot Babies. You're the ones that making all that racket. A lifetime of adventure. Come on, Squidge, you can do it. Pull through, bud. Little pervert. The Sandlot. A little piece of paradise, a half a block wide, and a whole season long. Scotty, have you made any friends yet? Oh, oh I'm sorry, Mom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Props. He is John Fico, and I am Eric Norton. We are here today. We're going to break down one of the classic movies of our youth, 1993's The Sandlot. What's up, John? How are you? I am, I'm psyched, not only because I get to talk about The Sandlot, but I got to watch it for the 415th time, and it still delivers every time. It's, it's really great. Uh, I watched it again. My, obviously, it's important that we watch these if we're going to review them, but I watched it with my son for the first time. And I was kind of iffy about it. I didn't know if he was going to like it, but he loved it. And I was I was very happy that he did. What were some of the things early on? Because it's, it's not that it's slow, but were there some stuff early on that he kind of identified with? I, I think just being a kid in a, in, in a new school, yeah. you know, uh, that that definitely uh, took it. Because we moved down here from Seattle, you know, and he was uh, kind of on the fence about all that. So being a new kid in a new situation, uh, he's. Just getting into baseball cards, like we had went to a baseball card that morning. Okay, so he was uh, happy to see the baseball element about it. Yeah, and uh, I think the camaraderie of of the kids in the neighborhood once they finally got together, because he really loves the kids in our neighborhood too. So, yeah, that was a huge part of this movie for me, and we can get into it in a little bit. 
Um, but uh, the idea of the Kamari the kids mm-hmm. and the moving was a huge, huge reason the movie was a hook for me. I was already like 14 or 15 when it came out, but at one point I was in four or five schools in about six years because my dad was sure. transferring out for work. And uh, I was in two schools in third grade. Then I was in other school in eighth grade. And so growing up, and I was still close enough and young enough where all this stuff still resonated and Smalls going to this new town. Mm-hmm. And you, every time you move, you need two things. You need something to get you in and you need a, a Benny. Right. And, Benny, yeah. and just watching that, those scenes were like, they just hit me so hard. The first time I saw it, I remember seeing it. And every time I see it since, that first, you know, act one, the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. where they set up how kind of a fish out of water Smalls is. And basically Benny... I mean, he say saves his, you know, enjoyment, but like yeah. saves his summer and saves sure. his maybe his whole transition into this group of friends. So right, right. Anyway, it, it hit me really, really hard. And every time I watch it, I just I get more and more excited about what Benny does for this kid as an adult. Sure. Like that there, there got to be kids like that. Right. Who take other kids who are new and kind of scared and kind of nervous under their wing and just be Benny. Like I sure. just want to like I want my son's a little too young to kind of get it, but I want right. when I, when he's a little older, I just want to be like that. Do what Benny does for all the kids out there who maybe aren't as comfortable in their new school. So not only is it a great movie, it also has a great message. About yes, it's heartwarming. About, it is very heartwarming. All right, man. 1993 was a different time in movies. Uh, the box office, we just looked it up, but we're going to let you share it. Uh, it was not as big as we thought it was going to be, but as you mentioned, it, it's probably made a killing. No, uh, I would have <laughs> thought, if I just guessed, I would have thought, especially in the early 90s, mm-hmm. you know, this is like Jurassic Park era. These are some you know, big movies came out that had kind of tentpole movies, but small movies tended to kind of move along. With the history this one had, I would have thought maybe this was a $50, $60 million movie because it had great word of mouth, but it actually only made $33.8 million at the box office. Um, and then when you look back and realize all that, you know, Dennis Leary, big star now, James Earl Jones is, is you know, was already big, but, you know, has become legendary. None of the, you know, the kids were named, so it's not surprising. Right. right. But I think part of it was our, you know, kind of reengineering history of this movie's cable rights have probably made like $70 million <laughs> in advertisements, maybe even 100 at this point. It's on all the time. Who knows what HBO or I know Netflix had it for a little while and yeah. then lost it. We know HBO has it now. HBO has it Amazon now, yeah. has it for four bucks to rent. So. Um, as we get older and share it with our kids, this this thing must be just making uh, our friend uh, Mickey Evans, the director, uh, <laughs> millions and millions of dollars, a gift that keeps on giving. Right. Uh, so the log line, it, it works right into this. It, they're, they're more than a team. They're the best buddies in the entire history of the world. And they must be all best buddies now as they're just raking in these royalty fees. Yes. <laughs> that, you know, it's a funny thing because one of the things that you, I forgot for some reason that there's a bit of a voiceover to start. Yeah, yeah. Not that it matters, but, uh, but I forgot. And I was listening to it. I was like, God, they do set this up as sort of this heroic quest because he says like the biggest pickle in the history yeah. or whatever. And then they open it with talking about Babe Ruth's called shot. Yeah. And he's like, but that was really the, the second most famous moment in sports history it took place in this summer. Right. And, uh, man, you just kind of get the chills thinking about that's when you're a kid, that's how everything is the biggest thing ever. Sure. And I loved that they, you know, as older as I get, they, that keeps you in that moment of, this is awesome. When you're a kid, this is how you view life, and we are unapologetically going to film this from a kid's point of view. Right. Um, you mentioned a line there, the biggest pickle. I loved how they reiterated that throughout the film. Yeah. So you, it kept the viewer, you, me as a viewer, it kept me, well, what's the biggest pickle? What's what's going to happen? Yeah. What's And then when it, the payoff is huge, really, it really is huge, but it, it, was, uh, it was cool. So uh, 
almost forty million at the box office. Uh, star power wasn't great. The long line log line was kind of crappy, but uh, it's it's a lovable movie. Well, the thing is, I think what you were just kind of saying, they nailed the open of this movie. Yeah, they Every sure did. Beat they had to nail. They open it with the you know an older guy in, in, in a press box. So you're like, all right, so he's obviously the guy telling mm-hmm. the story. Then you go right into the kid. They do a great job, like Newtown, whatever. And the first scene is Benny. And how else do you show like a kid being cool and awesome by him just roping homers uh, in, 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 at recess? But he gets caught in a pickle like right away. Right, right. And he does the thing that like every kid watching a better athlete than them can do, which is he actually beats the pickle. He's right. running back and forth to the bases. Just an absolutely perfect setup and a perfect way to set up sort of the playground athletic dominance of Benny, who we don't know who he is yet. We know nothing about Sure, sure. Um, and I just think that that sets the tone better. I mean, it's perfect. It's the perfect open for this movie or, or any movie. Yeah, I think it's great. And again, another theme that runs throughout the movie is, is obviously the pickle, but him beating the odds, Benny beating the odds. Yep. And, and uh, it's it's highlighted there in that first scene with, with his – his dusty footprint left on home plate, and so it, it, it just plays out through the rest of the film. Yeah, Loved and it's it. It, it's something I don't know. You know where, where all the, where the big sports are nowadays, but when this came out, baseball was still on top. Right, um, right. In the early '90s, this is before any scandals, before any TV rights, before the NFL and fantasy football and social media. Baseball was the game. It was still the biggest game for me growing up. I mean, I was a big sports you know fan of basketball and all that. Sure, but, sure. But baseball was number one, and so Benny was the guy you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. The guy all the other kids looked up to. The kids yelled pickle and run around him. And then the next scene of them playing is Benny basically being the coach, hitting BP to everybody, calling out what he's doing, and uh, and then even on a on a cooler scene. Is they kind of give Benny this magical feel right. when, when Squints is when uh, Smalls is trying to get involved and he can't throw and he can't sure. do anything and he tells him to hold his glove up. Right. And you've already established how great this kid is that you take that mo- that leap of faith of, all right, he's special. Right. He's gonna hit it to the kid's glove and then everything hooks. He teaches yeah. him how to throw with the with the scenario of throwing the paper out thing, and like Benny's just the great like he he shot up higher than he had ever been in in my movie watching character uh, assessment. I completely agree. Completely agree. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Talk about where we were when we when you first saw this movie. Paul, where were you when you first? So saw I was the movie? in New Jersey. Like I said, I was in uh, I was in several schools leading up to it. So I was in uh, two schools in third grade. I was in. We moved from second grade in, in California. Uh, I was in started third grade in Cleveland. Then okay. we moved eight months. We only lived in Cleveland for eight months, and we moved to Boston. Uh, and then I was in Boston for five years, moved to New Jersey. So we moved to New Jersey in 92. So I was a year away from like four moves, four mm. different schools, five years. There weren't too many movies about kids adjusting to stuff like that. And right, I was probably right. slightly old, but not, you know, 14 is not, especially then, it was a little more innocent than a 14-year-old now. Sure. This movie just hit me, man. I remember seeing it, uh, I think it was at Route 4 in uh, Bergen County. And uh, I probably saw it with my brother. I don't remember who I was with, but I'm guessing my brother and my dad or somebody because we used to always go to movies. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing it, and I remember I won't say I was choked up, but it just hit me like sure because I, I had just I was just getting involved. Uh, my 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 best buddy uh, Eddie kind of did what Benny did for me as a freshman. Yeah. Kind of yeah. he was captain of the football team, quarterback. Brought me in and my friends who are who became my friends through all of high school and many to this day. And it just spoke to me in that part of it, and the rest of it's awesome. So that's where I was. So this also hit home for me as well because um, my 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 mom and dad had, had been through a divorce, and a, right 
about two years before this movie came out, my mom got remarried, and now we have a blended family, and there, there's five total of us. There's five brothers and oh, sisters wow. now. So um, well, I remember very distinctly going to uh, Video Plus in Springtown, Texas, and, and picking wow. this off the wall, and we're coming home, we're going to watch a family movie. And, we're, and it, you know, we're, we're sitting there as a family watching this movie, and my, oddly enough, my older sister, Melissa, she, she was Benny. She was the athlete. She mm-hmm. was the one that brought us all together and, and melded everything together for us. So this movie also holds a special place in my heart because of the situation that we were going through. We were becoming, we were a blended family, becoming a family, and then we were, we were pretty much, you know, we, we had a basketball team we could field, you know, yeah, and, 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 and three three more around the neighborhood, four more around the neighborhood, we could field a baseball team. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was really cool for me. That's good. And, and you know, you, we talked briefly before about, you know, Dennis Leary, it, it, you know, now from Rescue Me and his sure. R-rated stand-up and all the things yeah. he became. But this was really his first kind of break, technically, right. in movies. Yeah. I mean, he'd been doing stand-up in Boston for a while and was on MTV. It was successful. But it was, you know, Demolition Man and Judgment Night and all those movies were after this. This was kind of his first real role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 14. I didn't probably know who he was or maybe he was the guy doing those little hits on MTV. But he came in as the stepdad, for people who don't remember, for, for Smalls. And he was like kind of the classic, especially then stepdad of sure. like he worked and the mom was home and she was taking care of the house. And he clearly they set it up that he was a busy guy. And Smalls, they were trying to relate over baseball, which right. is, you know, I didn't I, my parents stayed together. But I was relating with my dad over baseball. I completely got that. That was an easy thing to just bond over. Sure. And then they set it up where uh, he's trying to play catch with them, and he sees this ridiculous trophy room. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> I don't. This is the only part. Of the movie. I don't know if Dennis Leary's character just hauled around like six boxes of every trophy he ever had from high school. Right, but it appeared that way. Yeah, uh, some cool memorabilia, but most of it looked like trophies he won from like sixth grade MVP sure, and sure. whatever. Um, and the kid just wants to play catch. And I love the scene where he, I think he asked two or three times leading up to it, but finally he's at the kitchen table in the day. Dennis Leary is, and Smalls goes up and says, "Can we play catch?" And he's like, "Sure, absolutely." And mm-hmm. then he's like, "I just got to finish this stuff." And the mom, mom comes in him. and kind of lowers the boom softly right. with, right. "Would it hurt to take a half hour to show him how to play?" And he sure. kind of gives a glance at his watch and and he does it, and right. it's it's just great. Karen Allen. Yes. Plays the mom. Yeah. Who ought a uh, little little bit of trivia. Both Karen Allen and James Earl Jones were in series directed by George Lucas. Uh, okay. Karen Allen in Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader. But she she's so sweet in that moment that, you know. To smile. Just, just yeah. Just 30 minutes. Come half on. Half hour. And he's like, all right. And he knows. The funny thing is, he knows the kid sucks. Like, right. there's a brief moment, and you know, whether you have stepkids or, or your know, biological kids, you know your kids' abilities. Like, right. He had already known they've been married. They, like, this kid's not a good athlete. Sure. And he probably already pushed it off. Mainly, looks like he loves the kid. He's taking care of the kid. Right. But also, of like, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> he can't throw. He can't catch. He's already what eight, ten, right, or ten right. probably. And uh, he'd probably been putting it off for partial, just like sports dad reasons of this isn't going to be easy. Right. And then of course he, you know, he gets a black eye by catching the ball. By catching. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great decision and slapping that pork chop right on his face yeah yeah <laughs> also you know he the, the one flaw i'll say dennis leary comes off pretty good in this movie uh but he net like the kid had a garbage glove like, Plast- first plastic, thing you do yeah. whether dad stepdad whatever your kid somebody you're, you know someone under your world even mm-hmm. a neighbor wants to play catch and they show up with that it's like hold on we're going to the store first yeah i'm getting you an actual usable glove right um but other than that it, it's a great moment 
Yeah, it's a great moment. That glove busting. Like, how hard did he throw the ball for the glove to bust? Well, clearly <laughs> we've set up that he's an incredible athlete, or at least yeah. was in middle yes. school. <laughs> Maybe he got a little frustrated and dialed something up in the low 60s. Yeah. And Small's uh, plastic glove couldn't handle it, and it caught him in the eye. I like that he kind of went into this, like, half wind-up. Yeah, he did. He, you know what? He did that. He kind of was like, the first few throws were just kind of yeah. tosses, and then he's like, when the ball moves, move the glove with it. And he's like, just stand there. And then he kind of puts like an oil can boydish, yeah. like, eh, let me just whip this at the kid. Sure. <laughs> Who catches it, by the way, uh, but gets a black eye that lasts for like three weeks. Yeah. It's, it's, so that's a good segue into the, into our keeping it real uh, segment. Uh, clearly, he had a, he had a little bit of a windup. Good job, but there was what about yeah. what about some of the other characters throughout the movie? The some of their athletic scenes. What what do you think is coming out of this? Okay, Leary clearly knows how to play catch. Yeah, um, I thought Smalls for they did a good job. He might have been a great athlete. I have no idea, but they did a good job of him kind of slowly getting to understand baseball. Yeah, he clearly he, that first scene where he's trying to throw and he, he's moving his feet and he's nervous and sure. he runs the ball back the second time. Sure, Benny can play. Yeah, I don't know if they just did an open casting call, <clears throat> excuse me, or if they did something where they just had this kid who was great, but he could play. Sure, great swing, great arm. I honestly thought in my in real life that he probably would play in, in baseball someday. Sure, uh, Ham, great home run swing, but probably struck out like five hundred times. Ham is <laughs> what. What do they call him now? He, Ham is a true result guy. Yeah. It's either a home run or a strikeout. Yeah, every he's time. like uh, Tome or one of those guys who just like massive swing or Bobby Bonilla, probably. Yeah. Like, right? The guy, you know, 30 home runs, 280 strikeouts or right. whatever he used to always have. Right. But uh, you, he had a good home, a good deep ball swing. Almost uh, shades of uh, Serrano from, uh, yeah, from, sure, uh, sure. from uh, our, our podcast number one with uh, Major League. Uh, Kenny DeNunez, he can deal. Yeah, he's a like, dealer. When he threw the high heat, Ham hit it. But it seemed like for the most part, when he really focused, he was able to kind of, he was kind of able to paint the corners and uh, especially the other team kind of strike him out. So uh, with that, you said the high heat, Ham called. He said low and out. He said low and inside, just mm-hmm. like I like it. And yeah. It's high and outside, yeah. and he cranks it. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Squints and yeah, yeah can turn too. Yeah, they seem to have a mind meld. Like uh, like a pretty solid thing that they have going together. I don't know if it's you know tinkers to Everest a chance, but right. the squints to yeah yeah to the guy with the glasses, the other guy, uh, were pretty good. Like they they had a good infield camaraderie, and um, I didn't like any of the kids on the 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 I don't know whatever it was the snobby boy team, whatever the guys that came in with all that. So I think if I'm doing a fantasy draft of the Sandlot, sure, uh, you know you're taking Benny the Jet one, almost like you take Trout this year, right? And then there's a big middle tier, sure, <laughs> huge middle tier, because it, it was it was it was really Benny than everybody else, right? Yeah, so that, yeah, that's uh, it. Benny's the whole reason that the Sandlot even exists. I think it's, Pen- yeah. I think it's Benny then De Nunez because you need a pitcher, yeah. And then tier two is pretty much everybody. You know, sh- I don't know if this was done on purpose, but shout out to the people at San- for the Sandlot for having an African American pitcher during a time that you know African American baseball players and, and I remember Dave Winfield really talking about this, like you know African American kids are just not playing baseball. And for nineties, yeah, it was Dave Stewart with yeah, the A's yeah. and Oil Cam Boyd, and you can kind of go through a very short list, yeah. especially of pitchers. Um, so, so we're doing that. So yeah, kudos to Sandlot for for putting that out there. And I love the names in this man: Ham, Squints, so great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know yeah, that, is the best. It is. It is. And I know it's set in the '60s, and there's a lot of different subplots going on. But it's such a 
gosh, it was such a good movie. And let's talk about the kiss. Can we talk about the kiss? Of course. You're a swimmer. Yes. Have you ever done anything like that? No. You know, <laughs> I guess I guess the dream would have been later on as a lifeguard if like not some little girl, obviously, but if sure. somebody around my age would, would have felt strongly enough to right. want to get a kiss from me to right. pretend to drown. Um, but no, I, I'd never done that. And, and honestly, in, in all of movie hijinks, it's probably one of the most brilliantly conceived, yes. incredible setups, incredible yes. payoffs in any movie of any genre anywhere. I 100% agree with you. Unbelievable. It's, it's perfect. Perfect. I'm ham. I'm ham at the pool. Yeah. I'm hot. I'm hey, ladies. I'm jumping in doing the, the cannonball. Flexing yeah, cannonball. Exactly. Messing with people. And this kid hatched this plan. Yes. Maybe the summer before. Right. And it's unbelievable. And they build the drama and the intensity and they build up Wendy. As, yes. I mean, and they do a great. She's the perfect, like, whatever, if the 60s or whatever, like the perfect 60s lifeguard, perfect age where it's mm-hmm. not creepy. He's just on the edge. Right. And the moment he looks over when she's doing the compressions. Yeah. It's movie magic. It's movie magic. That <laughs> smile, that sly that, that, smile. Yeah. And they end up getting married. That's the good thing. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's awesome. And then, so we also got, we got we also have to talk about Hercules. Uh, yes. This is my one downfall with this movie was how crappy the dog looked. In the, the fake dog. The fake dog. Yeah. I think that was more of like the... This is a bit of a tall tale, and mm-hmm. we're going to make it as grisly as possible. Sure. I, I forgive it, but you're right. It's not. The, the close-up they do of, like, the animatronic mouth yeah. isn't great. It's not great at all. And and there's a bit of a letdown almost when you actually see Hercules, and he's yeah. not this massive. Well, it's a movie of payoffs, right? So I think what they were doing was basically saying, like, the kids had built up in their head that this was a dog that didn't even exist. It sure. was like a hybrid okay. wolf St. Bernard and Grizzly Bear sure. with, the, with all the smoke and the steam and the dust coming and the deep, deep bark. And so they were kind of from the kid's point of view, they had built this thing up to be, you know, a rhinoceros over there. Sure. And the payoff, and this is a movie of payoffs, like somebody somewhere who wrote the movie and was thinking about it was just at one point went, here's the seven brilliant moments and we're going to kind of give a nod to them early and build it up and pay it off late. The pickle, Hercules, Wendy, the signature on the ball, the playing catch, like everything has a perfect bow tie at the end of it. And so when they finally see Hercules, the scene where he's face to face, Smalls is face to face with him, and then the dog, which you kind of can see it probably maybe the first time I didn't licks him. Sure. They had built this thing up to be this bloodthirsty, man eating yeah. dog. And as a kid, you know, you had neighbors where you didn't go into because of dogs. Like, sure. again, just perfect payoff. This movie hits a 10 every time it had to hit a moment, it never failed. Uh- I agree with that. I agree with that. It was, uh, I haven't thought about the, the being a payoff, but I guess so. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it the contraption they build is ridiculous. The fear they have of it, the, the speed they run, the sound effects beforehand, the balls they've lost, the legends mm-hmm. of the balls they've lost. It's just they build and build and build, and mm-hmm. it's an hour and something into the movie before you realize, of course, it's just a dog. These are 10-year-olds. Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah, exactly. And the guy there isn't some mean, nasty guy. He's James Earl Jones. Or James Mr. Myrtle. Jones, Mr. Myrtle. <laughs> in in who, overalls. Who, by the way, another payoff, is one of the apparently one of the best baseball players in the history of <laughs> yeah. baseball. Mr. Myrtle, it's like if when you talk about – he play, clearly played in the Negro Leagues. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's Josh Gibson and there's uh, Satchel Paige. 
And there's, uh, you know, Mr. Myrtle. Mr. Myrtle. <laughs> the, the, the junkyard dog owner. Yeah. Know, yeah. Who's apparently good buddies with George uh, Herman Ruth. George, calls him George. Calls him George. Calls him by a first name. Uh, who went blind because of uh, a yeah. hit, uh, hit, right? Mm-hmm. So, God, what a payoff. So, let's talk about some of the memorabilia yeah. from this film. Uh, so, so, what we like to do here is do a little research, tell you what you can get from the movie, yep. and then we'll talk about our favorite pieces, what we would want. Uh, oddly enough, there's not a whole lot out there on the secondary market as far as memorabilia goes that you might want to that you're able to pick up. There's there are tons and tons of of 16 by 20s and 8 by 10s and uh, different sized photos, autograph photos of the uh, of the of the cast. There's uh, tons of kind of cheapo baseball cards, right? Like, that, like yeah. cast cards. Yeah. Or something. There's, yeah. There's there's all that kind of stuff, but the good news is, is uh, this is the 25th anniversary of this film, mm-hmm. and the Blu-ray is coming out very soon, if mm-hmm. it's not out already, and it's got a set of 1962-style Topps Baseball All-Star subset uh, of the players in it. Great. And then they are also going to be featured in the Topps Archives Baseball, which that's coming out very soon as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to start hitting the market. These guys are going to start hitting the uh, the media scene, which they sure. have, because one of them lives close to here, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's you're going to see a lot more of that stuff pop up, I think, now. Yeah, I think we, we were talking a lot of the movies that we've, we, we've done and will be doing, you know, obviously had adults starring them. So maybe there was licensing things. Maybe you can't sure. really have a bunch of 10, 12-year-old actors signing stuff and hawking it without <laughs> figuring out how they do it. So I, I'm wondering if some of that was involved in it. Plus... It was a sneaky hit. It feels like they made it, and they kind of knew it was cute, and somebody in production knew they had something, right? and it got a wide release, but there was no names. I mean, you're relying sure. on an early Leary, an early Dennis Leary, and a you know later career James Earl Jones to right. kind of figure this whole thing out. And so I think maybe all those conspired to the fact that at the time it wasn't like people wanted people's autographs from this movie and they sure. were, they made it i think in Salt Lake City or somewhere and so mm-hmm. there wasn't you know it wasn't in the it's it's in the it takes place in the valley in California right but if they were actually in the valley in California people might have actually probably paid more attention to the filming of it sure. and maybe got some stuff from it so i think once they move locations they probably just cra- like you know trash most of this stuff that's probably probably a good a good uh, assumption of what happened all right so what are three things you would want from the field john i want benny's dodgers hat all right I just it's just a quintessential whatever 50s 60s hat. I mean for me my version that's you know the old Red Sox hat, but that is just a really cool thing to have. And he has a jersey that says Rodriguez on it. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. for his team, but he wears it everywhere. Yeah. So I would like that matching thing in like a frame, you know, signed somewhere. On the flip side of that, I want Smalls's lame plastic glove with his goofy <laughs> fishing hat. Sure. <laughs> I think both of those things what, would be fun to what have. What is up with the brim on that hat, man? He said it's the only one he had, and I'm guessing, it, it, like he, he say his father passed away early on, maybe it was one of those things that he kept or his dad was a fisherman because Leary wasn't a fisherman. He was no. a sports Yeah, he was a sports guy. So maybe his grandfather gave it to him, but it had that old man fishing bill that was like four feet long <laughs> on the top of his head. Right. That would be fun to have. Um, the Babe Ruth ball, that ball course, used in the movie. Yeah, I don't course, know where yeah. it is or if it exists, if it exists or whatever. Um, and uh, my two kind of all-in-one encompassing thing is I want all of Leary's trophies because mm-hmm. I want to see if they put any on them, <laughs> like sixth grade, third place, youth rec. They look right. like fake big trophies. Sure. And there was about 20 things in Mr. Myrtle's office, but he has a great black and white. I think it's of Josh Gibson um, that I zoomed in on. I couldn't really see if it was him. I feel like it was him uh, that it would be awesome to have. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously that's, 
where you go to first is everything in Mr. Myrtle's room, right? Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of things that I, I would like. First, maybe some of that uh, snuff they were chewing. <laughs> just don't eat it near me. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, that, that's uh, that old tobacco. You know, it, it's pretty cool. It, it, that stuff's collectible anyways. So yeah. uh, that would be fun. Uh, the Dodgers hat. Anything for the Dodgers is obviously a go-to. But um, the baseball cards on the back of the cereal box, mm. yeah, I couldn't exactly see who they were. But just to have that panel, mm. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And then, of course, the Babe Ruth baseball. I We were just in Arizona, and we saw one for sale for $5,400. It was a full letter of authenticity and everything like that. So, that, I mean, they're out there. You can find them. Yeah. So, but to have a to have a George signed baseball, that'd be how nice. much is a George signed baseball, uh, a Babe Ruth, Mister Myrtle signed baseball worth? At least twice that. Okay. <laughs> At least you don't double. you don't see those two guys together too often. <laughs> you don't see it together too often. <laughs> You're right, man. With the way how nonchalantly he goes, George. <laughs> Just, yeah, like they were all drinking buddies. Yeah. Of course, who wasn't Babe Ruth a drinking buddy with? But, That's true. Um, man. It was just a such such a great film. I think those are the three things that I I would really want. So let's talk about the awards, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, one award, mm-hmm. one nomination, and won one award. It was I wrote it down here, the nineteen ninety four Young Artist Awards Outstanding Youth Ensemble in a Motion Picture. I mean, if that was an Oscar category, it would win that too. It's one yeah. of the greatest. Assemb- you believe these kids have been friends for years. Right. You believe how because they first they, they rip on Smalls and make fun of him. He's an L seven zero, an L seven weenie, an L seven weenie, yeah. a footlong weenie, and they just start <laughs> ripping on him. And then Squints is like, he's a square, he's a square. Right. And then this one throw, like it always is, and he's fine. And, he, oh, he's and he's in the group. Good. And the guys, you can tell him playing forever. And Benny just starts dealing with them on you know making fun of them. All the things they talk about, they bond over all the right stuff. So if that was a real category, they might have my lifetime. You know, you got the Goonies maybe, some other lifetime kids ensembles, uh, but this is up there. It's definitely up there. All right, so uh, we have been talking about how we want to end this show, and this is how we're going to do it uh, going forward. I'm going to give you the ratings for The Sandlot on IMDb and then Rotten Tomatoes, and then uh, John and I are going to tell you whether or not this is a classic and you need to go seek it out which I think you guys know where we're going or yeah. if it's a dud. So uh, 7.8 on IMDb. I don't see how this doesn't get a... I want to fight the people, the 2.2 people yeah. who aren't giving it a 10. Yeah, it's th- that's uh, 65,000 votes too. So it's not... Yeah, it's, it's not, a good amount. Yeah, it's a good amount. All right, The Sandlot on Rotten Tomatoes. This is even more unsettling. Uh, the average rating of this on, on the tomato meter is a 5.9 out of 10 or 56%. Uh, this isn't surprising to me. Rotten Tomatoes knew mm. people who use Rotten Tomato were most likely well older, the age, well too young to actually have seen this movie in okay. the time when it would have uh, okay. mattered. All right. All right. I think the references, the fact that there's no phones in it, sure. I mean, I'm not making fun, but like, it, I think if you go back and watch it now and you, you're already 28, you're not going to get it. And if you didn't grow up in a time where baseball was king mm-hmm. and where that was what you did, like. Are there kids who just ride their bikes? I mean, I did. Sure. We used to go to Dean Park in Shrewsbury, Mass, and yeah. go and play baseball all day. Right. I don't know if that ha- – I mean, you hear that it doesn't. Right. You hear that it's now video games and not to get in all that stuff, but you hear that that's not the general day-to-day of a 8- to 13-year-old boy. Sure. So if you can't relate to it, that's who's probably writing these these uh, these reviews around Tomatoes. So strongly disagree with the 
tomato meter. Yeah, tomato meter is wrong. 89% on the audience score, though. That so, makes sense. Uh, a 3.6 out of 5. 261,000 ratings. So, Quarter million ratings. They're, yeah. getting, they're, they're there. They're, they're there. there. They appreciate it. All right. So, John, is this a classic? Is this something that you need to go see? It is the definition of a classic. And if you should go see it, and if you have kids around that age, boy or girl, and they're into sports, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend this film as well. Please go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's the 25-year anniversary of this film. Go pick up the Blu-ray, get those baseball cards, and let us know about it because this is a this is a fun, fun movie, and there's so much more that we didn't cover, like some of the lines like, you're killing me, Smalls, and forever, just, <laughs> just stuff like that. There's so much that we didn't hit that, you, that you've got to see the film to understand it. So, uh, guys, that was Props This Week. Thanks for hanging out. Until next time, uh, play ball.